It's the British Wrestling Experience with Martin, Ollie, and Benno. Hello, and welcome to episode 27 of the British Wrestling Experience, right here on Post Wrestling. I'm Benno, no Martin this week, so you're stuck with me, but I'm ably joined by, firstly, Will Cooling from Fighting Spirit Magazine and the It Could Be Wrestling podcast. Hello guys, uh, welcome to it, welcome to be here. <laughs> and JP Houlihan from Spotlight on the Indie Corner and the big European tour on Eurograps. JP, how's it going? Not too bad. Happy New Year to both of you. Oh, thanks. It's a bit late in the month for oh, that, isn't it? A bit late in the day now, isn't it? Yeah. Are you allowed to do that three weeks into January? Is that still a thing? I've just done it. Let's see if we can get away with it. <laughs> I was just thinking as well, like for the last time there, uh, I know we're not together in person, but the last time the three of us together, it, having a, mm. a big chat would have been Tag League, uh, WXW. Uh, yes. I can't think of a time yeah. since then. Are you, are you both uh, excited and, uh, and set for, uh, for Carrot in March? I am, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be my first Carrot, because obviously I went for uh, World Tag League, which was my first WXW mm-hmm. experience. So mm. yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah, good stuff. JP, we've got to manage to book our, our Airbnb. Um, you stuck with me for another four days, mate. I apologise. Uh, but there's uh, quite a few of us going. It seems like the uh, really, just in general, there's more and more people uh, travelling out to these things. That's it. It seems like there's going to be enormous numbers coming out. Um, I'm going to be interested because I'm flying out from Stansted. Um, I'm going to be curious to see how many are on that flight over. Um as great as Tag League was, and, and we all loved that weekend, I mean, Carrot feels special, and I imagine they've got some really big plans for this particular one. Yeah, well, they've moved it to a bigger venue, haven't they? So this is going to be yeah. even bigger than the previous Carrots. Mm. Um, yes, yeah, so I am not staying in Airbnb. I'm, I'm staying in a uh, hotel, an illegal hotel that's probably a Chinese restaurant on the wrong <laughs> side of town. Does that count as um, a hotel? Uh um well i look i stated it last time and i was not murdered so um <laughs> i'm hoping that will happen that my look will hold <laughs> in, in oberhausen that says a lot to be fair sorry everyone from oberhausen. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very nice place hey. but yeah there's a uh, certain, certain areas there that aren't the uh, the nicest and I'm, I'm guessing your hotel's uh, in one of them yeah, yeah. I, I live in i live in wolverhampton and when i go to oberhausen like yeah this feels familiar <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I felt the same way about certain areas of Liverpool as well. <laughs> yeah, last time I was at Carrot, I had my bag stolen. It was Oof. horrible. But I still love the weekend. That's, that's, that says how good Carrot is. It can make you just not think about that for a couple of days. <laughs> well, last time I lost a bank card and a laptop. I was reunited with my laptop, though. But yeah, hopefully this time, JP, uh, we can uh, we can stay out of trouble and, uh, and have Fingers some... Pr- <laughs> have some clean fun. Uh, but yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about WXW uh, later on. Uh, on the show today, we're going to be talking NXT UK. We're going to talk a little bit of Rev Pro, Fight Club Pro, and uh, quite a few news and notes as well. But let's start at the top. We're recording on a, on this Wednesday night. And uh, for once, we're uh, we're just after uh, NXT UK has, has aired on the network. So we can talk a little bit about the, the Go Home edition. Not the Go Home edition, sorry. The uh, the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania type uh, ish, uh, issue of uh, NXT UK. UK uh, that we got um they had a, an episode last week as well but that was kind of the I don't know I, when they do the regular NXTs it's kind of described as the hangover show isn't it they use the the leftover matches that they they put on before mm. takeover and and make a TV show out of it um it can it can hit and it can miss when it comes to the actual um NXT 
product, but I actually thought with NXT UK they had a, a decent little show last week. Um, I thought the the tag match with Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews against uh, Marcel Barthel and Fabian Eichner was was really strong. Um, as far as again matches that feel a little bit non-canon, but yeah, this week was kind of the first time we've uh, got our, to sink our teeth into a, a post uh, takeover NXT UK. So I suppose the the best place to start really is. Uh, I suppose we'll go to you first, Will. Um, we're going to talk about the, the show itself in a second, but uh, what, are you, what were your thoughts on the on the big TakeOver show and uh, are you feeling uh, more positive on uh, NXT UK uh, coming out of it? Uh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> because, um, you, Walter P. Dunn is a great direction. Everybody wants to see that match. Mm. And the build-up over the, the tapings, and we saw a bit of it today, just, just kind of lackluster. Like they're kind of doing it where they're kind of a bit friendly. Well, it's not clear who what Walter's character is. It's kind of like we're just going to do the dream match booking, but we're not going to give him any stakes or any motivation. And then, like with the tag division, it's like, like I suppose on one level it was good that Grizzled Young Veterans won because it's mm. it's fresh, but you've got mm. no good babyface teams like well, no over babyface teams like obviously the Welshmen are had a good match against European Union mm. but you've got the European Union which are heel team you've got Gallus who could you know the coffees could easily be used as a tag team to continue that feud going so it just feels a bit like there's a lack of direction and like like the the next tapings are in Coventry and I have no idea what matches are going to put on because mm. it just feels like there's there's no feuds there mm. Yeah, it's kind of like I, I was. Uh, I mean, we we talked at length about Takeover uh, on our special, and you know, we were quite uh, negative on uh, on a lot of elements of the show. I personally thought overall it was a good show. I thought I didn't think it was anything bad on it. I definitely wasn't high on the main event, and yeah, we spent a, a long amount of time talking about the reasons for that. But I was kind of glad I that. Cannot... It... <laughs> Go on. <laughs> I cannot believe anyone's given that more than three stars, <laughs> let alone five. Hey, Dave Meltzer himself hey, almost hey, gave well. it four. Um, I mean, we got a lot of feedback from the board as well, from people who were, were very positive on the on the match itself. Um, I think it's, it's a case of whether you're into that kind of laboured main event style. Um, it's certainly not for me, and it doesn't sound like it was for, for you two either, but I did hear people going that, going that high on it. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I'm I'm staggered that mm. it could be any, anything over three stars as well. And I think that I have to say with with this show, one of the things that, and I agree with what you said, Will, in terms of how they present this angle, angle and the kind of intensity that was completely lacking from it. Following this formula, as soon as Gallus came out again with the coffees, it was just like my heart kind of sank. Mm. I thought, oh, here we go, um, and I. Personally, I think it would have been a lot better if Walter had come out first mm. to almost conf- to, to confront, to try and create that kind of intensity rather than all of that. Any intensity had been kind of sucked out of the room by the presence of Gallus going down to the ring. So, yeah, it, it wasn't an angle that got me in any way excited, even though I know the match is going to be great. Mm. 
Yeah, this was kind of the, the kickoff to, to this week's uh, show, NXT UK, and it was it was your typical WWE sports entertainment open, wasn't it? With uh, with Pete mm. Dunne coming out to do a minimal amount of talking on the mic, which is probably for the best. And like you say, JP, interrupted by Gallus. I would say, though, you know, Walter coming out, he cuts a, cuts a mean silhouette. There, uh, <laughs> I think the presentation of Walter has been decent so far. They obviously mm-hmm. know what they've got. Um, I'm not so sure on the Austrian anom- anomaly nickname that they're giving him, um, but for me it did feel like yeah, but Gallus were more there to kind of powder out and be the heels that you know Walter and Pete have to be friends to to take out the heels before they fight themselves. It's kind of WWE booking 101, but I thought it was relatively effective as a segment. This, but this is the thing, like, why why did they have to be friends? Like. What, what in the British Isles? Where is Walter most effective? It's OTT. These island, these islands uh, for our Irish That's listeners. Like, um, dangerous territory there, Will. <laughs> um, apologies, guys. Um, um, and that's where he's the evil heel. Mm. And that surely, and like you look at things like in progress, where he's been most effective is when he's played subtle heel against a baby face. Mm. Why did they have to be friends? Why can't he just come in and kick the hell out of Pete Dunne, maybe the European Union guys join forces, and you have that as a direction for the next two, three months, however long they're going to hold off the big match? Mm. Like, I don't... I don't... Like, it's not like Walter's better as a baby face. He, he's a really good heel. Mm. <clears throat> I think you're always going to have a temptation, though, where people are going to want to cheer him. Um, though JP, I mean, I kind of that's how it felt to me that like even if they presented them as this monster heel, I think it's like that NXT surprise factor, you know, coming out at the end of Takeover and him still being mm. fresh to this product. I think people were going to cheer him anyway. So is that an argument at all, or or do you agree with Will? I I'd say I agree with Will. Um, if he'd come, simply because he you can get away with a heel Walter initially. Um, there's going to be that cheering that's going to happen, but I think you can get away with it against Pete Dunne because mm. Pete Dunne is always going to be over as that mega baby face on that brand. That's that's how he's been positioned. So I think a heel, dominant heel Walter would feel like the first real, I suppose, really genuine threat to mm. his title. And then it would kind of raise the stakes up, which for me would lift up the intensity. Um, so, uh, yeah, this direction of sort of mutual respect, I'm not particularly keen on it because it is something that I've seen done so many times. Mm. And I know obviously dominant monster heel has been done many times, but actually it feels like that's the kind of direction that best utilizes Walter and best utilizes Pete Dunn as a baby face. Mm, definitely. Yeah, it does. It feels a little bit, again, I, I didn't mind the segment, but yeah, it does feel a little bit paint by numbers WWE, doesn't it? It's it's the type of thing if you were to to set up a game of uh, EWR or TW and, and book your own WWE promotion, this is the kind of stuff that you'd fall. These are the tropes that you that you kind of fall into with WWE style booking, <clears> don't you? It's it's kind of very much what NXT UK is, isn't it? It's kind of the the hot indie guys, but slotted into a into a WWE product and uh, whether that works for you might be the, the reason why um, you know the likes of us guys are a, are a bit more negative on this show than uh, as a whole as a brand uh, than many people are out there well it's also the whole Gallus presentation it's like first of all you know obvious name for the brand would have been Scottish Strong Style mm. obvious motivation for the brand <clears throat> would have been 
Scottish English rivalry, either in terms of the national nations or in terms of why all the Midlanders dominating WWE UK, we were here first. But no, it's like you were saying, Benno, when you did the tapings, it's Joe Coffey in a nice suit talking mm. slowly mm. about how he runs this place. It's <laughs> there's nothing yeah. unique about it. Mm. There's nothing about it that is. I mean, NXT UK exists because British wrestling got hot, and none of the reasons that British wrestling got hot, you know, apart from maybe apart from the talents, but you know, the the, the presentation reasons and the the style mm. of British wrestling isn't. You know, I think that that's one of my big negatives on the product as a whole, is they haven't done a very good job of of reflecting that um, on the product and yeah, stuff like that. Uh, it doesn't help. That's the thing with it. Um is the complete sort of lack of identity and edge in how it's presented at the moment. I mean, it feels like ultimately WWE have, have made a choice where this version is going to more resemble something like 205 Live, mm. say, but not the UK element, it feels completely incidental. And I don't know if they would try and do something similar to that in Japan or Mexico, because I wouldn't see it working there mm. if they tried to kind of impose this this formula from the top down. And they need that differentiation, and it's something that they really lack. Mm. I mean, and at least NXT has the kind of killer takeover work rate aspect to it. And this brand, as good as it can be with as many good talent on there, mm. is I don't think it's ever going to really hit those heights. Mm. Well, I'd probably say, I mean, one positive from I mean from the TV this week, I suppose the other big news item coming out of it was travis banks and jordan devlin and that for me was the again we talked about it on our takeover review was the match that i would have expected to blow the roof off and there is a a high ceiling with those two um and that's the kind of match again that made british wrestling hot and the type of match that's still somewhat fresh that you can do in nxt i mean if we take away i mean the obvious complaint is well it should have been a takeover but even taking that away, what did this match do anything for you both in, in the main event here on the the first TV after? Uh, Shawn Michaels was was talking it up on his Twitter um, as a great match that that everybody should check out. Um, I definitely thought it was a an enjoyable back and forth match. Uh, the finish wasn't great. Um, obviously, the the attempting to tell a, a longer term story with the two of them there, but they certainly had the chemistry, and I did think it was a a decent uh, TV main event, if, if nothing else. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was good. I mean, the one thing I don't know if you've noticed is that it seems like everyone in WWE UK is doing those kind of really loose brawling spots where there's a lot of fast punches. And it, I don't think I see guys do that often in the indies. You know mm. what I'm talking about? At the, mm. you know, outside. And they're just putting their head down and then just wildly flailing haymakers. Mm. So I don't know if that's like an agent in directive. But yeah, I thought it was good. They, obviously, these guys have chemistry and it mm. was... It was good action. I, th- I think one thing that did help was the fact that it's like when he had the Devil and Pete match, and like it was like two months after that match happened, we got we finally got to see it. Mm. Like, and so it's like, well, this is yes, old news. Mm. The fact that it was like we wasted a week mm. made it feel a lot fresher. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it felt like a again as much as I didn't love the story at Takeover, it felt like a like a fresher, somewhat hotter match. Um, and I think they played it well as well. I think Banks kind of coming out a, a house of fire, you know, angry about Takeover that eventually costing him, and then uh, his knee being worked over, and Devlin kind of just slowly working over him in general for the majority of the match. It was very much you, you know, your, your token babyface heel match, just with I think Devlin 
as opposed to like a coffee who's kind of working over long heat heel style i'm not really a fan of whereas with devlin he does throw in things to keep you interested you know the the odd moonsault which uh people who maybe more traditionalists wouldn't like a heel doing but he, his offense definitely keeps me more engaged and i thought they told a, a good story in the match with the two of them kind of both at different points uh collapsing in the ring and collapsing on, upon each other and both essentially fighting through and you know again your mileage may vary on whether you, you like that kind of quote-unquote no selling but i i thought they did a a good job job all, all in all jp even if uh you know the, the finish that they were headed into was uh was a bit of a flat one with the uh, with the double count out i agree with the finish being disappointing i think they can get away with it because it was tv mm. and i think that was the only kind of thing that would have stopped me from perhaps being sort of really if that had been the finish on takeover if that match had happened then i would have been i, I wouldn't have been happy at all but i think on tv and seeing that there was going to be a build to some uh to a longer term direction that felt for me like okay let's see where this goes because we all obviously know that they're capable of, of something really great mm. and there were a lot of hints about how good it could be and i have to say i kind of enjoyed uh, overall as a match i thought it was like a, another very good television match but mm. kind of within restraints but i didn't mind because it felt like a lot of the spectacular had been replaced with a kind of real intensity mm. and a lot of that ca- for me came from travis banks who was clearly kind of out there of like right i'm i'm going to impress and it reminded me about all the things that I kind of love about Travis Banks as a, as a wrestler and, mm. and watching him wrestle. Um, there was one thing I absolutely loathed. Uh, there was a lot of overuse of Irish ace, which mm. isn't as vile as hearing NXT UK universe. On the commentary, you it, mean? Yeah, on the commentary. But that's something that is, yeah, to hear <laughs> that. that I, I, was a bit, I was a bit sick of that. But um, overall enjoyable. I'd advise, advise people to go and watch it. It's, yeah. it's definitely the the sort of standout um, aspects of this show. Definitely. You know what's crazy? It's like, it's so long since Travis has had a good long singles match as a baby face. Yeah. Mm. Between the injury and being a heel in progress. Um, the one thing I, um, I think striking is I'm really surprised they haven't done a Dunn-Banks match, particularly if we all assume Walter will probably beat Dunn. Because mm. you can tell a really easy story with Banks, which is, you know, 2017, who defeated Dunn for the Fight Club Pro title? Yeah. Travis Banks. Who defeated him with the Progress title? Travis Banks. Mm. This guy has Dunn's number. Can he make it three, three lengthy title reigns he's ended um, of Dunn's? Mm. And it feels like there's a, kind of a bit of a missed opportunity, which goes back to that thing of you. this is a UK brand. It's plugged into the local scene in a way that's not true of NXT because of the weird promotional politics but they never seem to to use that to its fullest extent mm. Mm. they do because i think with eddie dennis they have that there's a lot of stuff they could go back to mm. with even with even eddie dennis and they fe- it feels like they miss an opportunity uh, to develop that character more even so yeah i think they have access to the footage mm. <laughs> i mean it's public knowledge now it, it would be great to see it used on um on NXT UK. If for nothing else, it would just add something different to the formula. Mm. Yeah, that's it. It's kind of which route you go, isn't it? Whether you make all that stuff 
part of your canon and part of the the overall story or the separate worlds and yeah i think that's a that's a difficult line they've they've been trying to walk but yeah i mean overall i thought it was a a solid uh hour of tv they were kind of the the two most mm-hmm. notable notes uh as we mentioned we got uh, the travis banks jordan devlin brawl afterwards uh i didn't love after them selling a lot in the match them kind of just jumping up and like will said doing <laughs> that, that crazy wwe striking on the outside but i think that's uh that's very much a wwe thing once the the bell is rang uh, things kind of uh, reset but i thought they did a good job of turning a surprisingly quiet crowd uh, on its head uh, there was a point in the mm-hmm. match where it felt almost silent but devlin doing that spanish fly on the apron really woke them up but yeah i thought that was surprising that the, the crowd was was so quiet considering how loud they were for takeover um i suppose it's a lot of the same people hung over the the day after takeover this being taped uh, maybe that's part of it as well but yeah it'll be interesting to see uh how, how they go going forwards they've got uh i think the next lot of tapings they're taping three episodes at uh, apparently at rumble weekend they're also doing that worlds collide tournament with uh nxt mm. proper and 205 live uh, five men from each roster in a tournament i think plus a plus a wild card um again i wonder you know in those kind of access environments um again the atmosphere on this week's tv was not great hopefully it improves going forward but yeah you're not going to get a atmosphere like that big takeover show are you when you're uh, you're taping the tv uh, at an access i don't know did uh, did either of you uh, find that a bit of a, a strange decision to be doing yeah i mean particularly because like surely with how much surely with how much they recorded they could have stretched this out to get to the Coventry tapings, because Coventry tapings are only the 23rd of uh, February. So it's not actually that many weeks away. So they've just been a bit more, uh, you know, on the butter with how much footage they got. Yeah. I think they'd have been able to stretch it out. And it does feel weird to be doing like so many tapings of a UK show there. So, mm. yeah. Let's just be I glad that. Yeah, hopefully they don't have a, a load in the can again, and they be go back to the two a week because that's one one major positive uh, from this week is that there was just one episode. Uh, so we'll we'll take the uh, the small mercies while we can get them uh, with NXT UK. Uh, I mean, the other news note that I wanted to mention as well: uh, Triple H did his uh, NXT conference call today. I don't know if either you've seen it. The, the transcripts have only just started leaking out, but he did get asked a few NXT UK related questions. He was asked about the number of UK takeovers that are likely to happen. Um, he just gave a bit of a non-answer that they're taking it a step at a time, not wanting to... Well, they, want, they want to leave fans wanting more. Um, that's mm-hmm. the way he worded it. Um, and that they do have a, a lot of other events. I think he, he was quoted as saying, do the be as 500 event, live events a year? So it's a it's a giant jigsaw puzzle. Uh, he also gave a bit of a non-answer as well when he was asked about uh, the call-up process with NXT UK, uh, i.e. if wrestlers get called up, do they go to the main roster? Do they go to NXT proper and again yeah, I think you, you gave the, uh, the token there's a lot of moving parts uh, answers uh, <laughs> uh, any any thoughts on that one JP uh, did, did you see I, I expected them to go the, the regular takeover route maybe he's playing his, his cards close to his, to his chest but yeah I think it would it would, it, it would it was helpful having this takeover and it would help be helpful to know that there's there's more coming throughout the year well, that's it. I mean, one of the things that's been touted is that they have uh, bookings on York Hall um, in April. I think it is April. Um, so that would be a natural location for them to hold a takeover. They kind of love those old traditional buildings anyway. Mm. Um, I can see them doing at least four for the year. Um, 
I don't know whether or not there could be enough of a cycle to get six out of it, though, mm. uh, at this point. Um, in, in terms of where all the wrestlers go, it, it just feels like an absolute lottery unless, say, for example, someone with real size came through, for example. I could see them sort of bypassing a couple of levels. But I, I don't know whether or not... Is, is the aspiration Florida? Mm. Because at times that's that's kind of how it feels like it's presented as a show. It's, it's like we get to do this here and maybe one day we'll get to go to Florida, but which doesn't seem like a, you know, a cracking dream. <laughs> well, I mean, my, um, my kind of bold belief is actually, <clears throat> it's actually, they should be monthly the mm. live specials. Maybe don't call them takeovers because you want to dilute that brand, but chapter is, shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Takeaways <laughs> is my both. <laughs> oh yes but but basically like you look at the coventry they're trying to fill a three thousand seat two and a half seat venue mm. and actually they're, they're, they're being quite aggressive with the ticket prices because they're actually doing 15 quid tickets um but um why not have or even if you don't show it live as cost up you have a special that you record as one show mm. and then you do your four three four t- hour-long tv episodes recorded and you just get this nice churn of live footage because the danger is if they go back to not having live specials you're going to start building up the archive when they do these two uh two day monster tv tapings mm. Mm. yeah i think that that does kind of yeah create a, a problem really and yeah i think that it does it just feels like it's not been fully thought out yet. It, it felt like from what Triple H was saying on the conference call that they don't have the the answers to those kind of questions. Um, he, he was also asked as well on the uh, the performance center idea, um, say asking about the staffing day to day, and he was he was a little bit dodgy on that question too. He was just saying it was an ongoing process. He didn't seem to want to answer directly exactly who's you know what the setup is. Is it open twenty four hours a day? Are the trainers stationed there throughout the year? Again, it does feel like with so much else going on that uh, they they've got good good uh, quote unquote intentions for for the UK, but again they haven't seemingly fully mapped out exactly what they want to do this year that performance center is weird because i mean i got to talk to jay briscoe when the um american one was opened mm. and um you know they're talking about all this great stuff the link up with the university and a full sale and how imp- and, uh, and how all the benefits and it's it's got none of that like i'm amazed they've not partnered with a uk university because if, they, if they'd put out the tender i'm sure they've had universities bite their hands off to have the opportunity and the exposure mm. just feels a real um real real, real half-hearted attempt mm, for sure yeah it's lumped in an industrial estate in enfield which mm. is full of other industrial estates um yeah it it seems strange it's it's more it exists they're a very reactive company mm. and a lot of the decisions they've made around nxt uk are always reactive um whether it be itv most notably but um and even even rev pro when they were on free sports mm. and as a result when that sort of disappears and it looks strongly like rev pro isn't going back onto free sports world of sport we'll talk about later on but at, at the same time it's almost like they don't know really what to do. They should have this performance centre, but is it a finishing school? Is it somewhere where they're going to be dealing with the raw materials? Perhaps athletes who've been in—I don't know whether it be rugby—are they going? Are they going to? Is that what they're going to do? Are they going to look to sort of mould their own talent as well? It's yeah. What the ultimate aims of it are is is completely up in the air. 
Definitely. Well, the takeover, the, t- the recent takeover is the best example of that because clearly <clears throat> that was originally going to be a two-day TV taping, which mm-hmm. is why they're short now. And they panicked when they didn't sell as many tickets for the Liverpool tapings as they hoped. Mm-hmm. And that's that's one of the things that kind of bemused me by so many people on like Brit West Twitter talking about how this was such a big day for Britain. It's like for British wrestling, like, but it's not. Like, literally, it's not. Like, we are literally back where we were two years ago mm. in the same building for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No, nothing's changed guys <laughs> and that's that's kind of the thing like if it was like this was a first live special on the network that'd be great it's not it's not the first takeover tv shows already um been launched and hardly anybody's watching it, it there's no momentum and that's what you keep getting with this and it's because like jp says they're just reacting from moment to moment mm. Mm. yeah that's kind of the issue right now. Yeah, so I guess we'll see as the year goes on uh, exactly again if they can they can do something about that momentum. This does feel like, you know, you mentioned the restarts there. Well, this is the, I think, the fourth uh, restart of NXT UK. So hopefully we've started <laughs> proper now. Uh, and yeah, it does build up a, a bit of momentum. Um, and again, they can, again, I thought this week's TV was, was solid. Uh, if they can keep that up at least, then uh, maybe it's still a, a worthwhile watch week to week. But uh, moving on, we've got a, our next subject we're going to to talk about today is uh we didn't myself and martin we wanted to talk about it in our last episode but yeah uh, uncharacteristically for for rev pro they dropped the vod quite late um so yeah it's only really uh, came out in the, in the last week so a little while ago now these last two cockpit shows from from rev pro so we're mainly going to talk the main event which was the big story coming out uh pack when he came back onto the indies people were very excited to see him against the bigger names and rev pro were the first to book him against zack saber jr uh we finally got it it was the match that people were looking forward to um it was a solid match i, I enjoyed the the story of technique and power i enjoyed zack saber jr kind of teasing and um, packing to giving up his limbs and pack being forced to fly i thought they told a, a really nice slow build story that was kind of worth the billing of this uh this dream match uh, but then similar to maybe what we were saying about the main events of nxt uk will it it went a little bit wrong uh with the finish will what did you make of this as one of the uh the first big dream matches we've got out of pack on the indies um and what did you make of it uh, as a finish with them uh, going to a, a bit of a cheap dq with zack saber pushing ref chris roberts into the ropes who uh who promptly dq'd him yeah, I don't feel so bad about missing out on tickets for Pac Osprey now. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, the, the action was good. You do have the thing with Pac that I think a lot of people were hoping that he would go back to his pre-WWE style, mm. and it's he's not. I mean, it's good, mm. but, like, the no. If he was the man that Gravity forgot, Gravity's remembered. Um, <laughs> but it. It, it was a fun match. I, I agree with you. Like you, you told a story quite well. Like it felt like they were building to a thirty-minute time limit, mm. mm-hmm. and then you just get a DQ. Now, obviously, I knew the DQ was coming, <laughs> but it was. It just felt really lame, and it's just like surely you could have. If you had to do DQ, surely you could have done a better DQ. Mm. But why did you have to have to do the DQ? Surely could have done a time limit, and that's what makes me nervous. That that's the reason why they couldn't do the time limit is that's the finish for your call. Mm. Yeah, that yeah, would, that would make sense. Um, yeah, it was just 
I think I, I would say, Will, I mean, for me as well, watching it, like you said, knowing the finish was coming, maybe I'm a little bit more charitable because I could imagine if I was there live and I paid the infl- inflated ticket prices, I'd be a little bit more incensed. And yeah, if they're going that way with uh, with Packard Osprey, I've, I've spent the money to go down to York Hall. I'll be, I'll be very disappointed, but such is politics and wrestling in 2019. I mean, yeah, JP, you were there live. I'm sure you can uh, speak to the, the, the reaction in the, in the building. It wasn't, uh, it didn't sound uh, too favorable from the VOD. Um, yeah. People didn't seem happy. No, pe- people weren't happy at all. Um, it was a, it was a strange one because um, the entire show and they didn't even, cause it was a double header over the weekend, mm. but only on the Sunday did they start doing five minutes of elapsed. That was the first time, and they did it throughout all of the matches, and it kind of felt out of the blue. But then you obviously twigged, oh, okay, they're setting us up for the main event. They're setting us up for a 30-minute draw. And obviously, it's a smart audience. So it makes sense. What, what you imagined you were paying for, and it was an extra £10 on the tickets, was effectively high-end boutique wrestling in this very intimate venue in front of 150 people. Mm-hmm. And you think, well, this is fantastic. And technically... I was really enjoying it. It was great to see these, you know, two master craftsmen, um, two of the the best um, in Europe being able to collide in this way. And everyone was prepared for that finish of the draw. And we were been prepared to stand up and give it a standing ovation. Mm. And you mentioned about the politics. I think the thing that's bothered me is who would have been against the draw? Mm. Who would have? Who would have been bothered by the draw? What would anyone would have, what would they have lost? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, and this follows on from what what Willis said as well, and the fact you're coming down, it makes you fear for the finish of um, Osprey Pack, and it would be a horrible scenario to have this potentially amazing three way feud between three of the finest wrestlers in the world, who all happen to be from the United Kingdom, and what we're given as finishes is things that are effectively you know cop-outs mm. so the crowd wasn't happy coming out and the fact that this was delayed for so long suggested that they weren't happy about it because otherwise if this had been the amazing 30 minute draw you know they'd have been shouting from the rooftops about it but none of that has happened yeah that's and it. he not even had Quilden talk about it on his podcast which is oh. unheard of Mm. Yeah, that's it. We haven't really had a much of a, a behind the scenes explanation either for it. Um, hopefully, we we do get that at some point. But yeah, it it, it just I think it kind of speaks to to where we are now. Um, and I do think like you've both alluded to there, we're probably in the same situation with Pac Osprey because Osprey, you know, uh, title holder in in New Japan, uh, Pac being a title holder in Dragon Gate, and also now the, the kind of AW elephant in the room. Yeah, it seems. It seems likely that we're going to get uh, something similar going forward, so that's a bit of a shame. Um, but yeah, as a match, I did enjoy it. I mean, just to touch on something you said earlier, Will, I think for, for me it's kind of like I wasn't a big fan of Pac when he was out. On the, I mean, I, I liked him when he was on the indies. I think I preferred him in the Neville role. I prefer him as the strong heel. Uh, I think there's there's probably more they could have done here with with him as a as a strong heel leading to to the DQ and set him up as the more as the big heel for Osprey because they did an angle after this match where Osprey ran out to to stop um, Pack attacking Zack Sabre Junior more and again maybe it was just after the finish but that didn't feel hugely effective either so even if you go in hard with the the babyface heel dynamic uh, if anything this is kind of 
lowered expectations a little bit uh, going into your call rather than rather than higher them. And the thing is, you, you you're looking at Rev Pro. They they are because of the politics. They are doing quite a few bad finishes. Like obviously, mine cast backs to Brooks uh, Tachi where Taichi where they had uh, Osprey kind of do the interference, and you know you are getting more and more of these kind of of, of finishes. So mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. I mean, this is probably I um. It's it's that no, I don't think Pax lost anywhere yet. Mm. And it's one of these things to kind of think when you're booking him, okay, you can book the biggest match like Ref Pro did here, but if you can't give a finish, does it make sense? Like would they mm. would they not have been better off to have done Pack Ridgeway? Mm. Where you can just have Pack win. Would that not have been easier for everybody? And would anybody have been disappointed with that? Yeah. It's kind of it's the complication, isn't it? Of the they probably could have just put Pack over as well if Zack Sabre hadn't won the Rev Pro belt, but you know, literally got off a plane from Wrestle Kingdom and and made his way to the cockpit and and did another match. <laughs> but then again, that's a that's a problem of your own creation, isn't it? Um, obviously, they must have known that when they booked the match. So yeah, it's kind of the danger of of booking it on this date, booking it after you knew that Zack Sabre was gonna. Have his belt back um, and book him, yeah, and book Pack in a in a match where, unlike you know, I, th- I watched the Defiant match Pack had with David Starr, which I much preferred, and it had much more of a definitive finish because David Starr's in there and he can take the fall. Um, yeah, I think there is a an argument maybe in the build up to the big Osprey match that maybe just have have Pack over some lesser members of the roster rather than uh, going straight to Zack Saber. Um, one other note I want to make uh, before we move on uh, about these this Rev Pro weekend. The other big kind of news story was uh, Sammy Jane winning the Queen of the Ring tournament, uh, beating Debbie, Debbie Keitel in the main event. In, in sorry, in the final of that tournament, I thought it was a fine match, uh, if not spectacular. Uh, I kind of laughed a little bit at Andy Boy Simmons describing them as two of the best wrestlers in the world. Uh, <laughs> I don't really know about that. I don't know. Will you've got a for this one? I mean. Uh, this was kind of a summation for me of of where we are with so much again talking about the contracted talent being everywhere and if you're gonna set up a, a new women's division almost from scratch there aren't a lot of great options out there and, and rev pro have have gone this direction but yeah it kind of gave i don't know kind of summed up uh what the you know what the availability of talent is right now because again i thought as a, as a as a final to the tournament it was solid enough but I don't know if I see Sammy Jame or, or Debbie Keitel as, as big stars going forward, but hey, you've got to start somewhere, I suppose. Yes, I mean, Sammy Jane's a good, like, he's a good worker, but he's a good worker and will be a good, like, like, from what I've seen her, she's better as, like, a working heel. You kind of put up against your more marketable, pushed acts, and she's one who kind of holds matches together. Um, you know, she did an amazing job against uh, Charlie Morgan um, at Wrestle Queendom. Mm. Um, to me, there's a lot of weirdness surrounding this whole tournament. Um, first of all, like, the talent selection wasn't brilliant. Like, there obviously has a bit because some of the people you might want to grab are busy in Japan. There's a lot of uh, Yoshi shows going on over that weekend. But, you know, Charlie Evans was um wrestling that weekend in the uk mm. sure she'd she'd want to do a, a a big two big ref pro shows you know um session moth martina 
was also wrestling in the UK. Mm-hmm. Got people like Jetta. I don't think Jetta was booked anywhere. You know, there, there, there were people they could use that would have been better than some of the talent they had. Mm-hmm. And what it felt like, particularly where the final they gave us, is what they were really banking on was Kaylee Ray um, holding. So basically, Sammy Jane as a worker, and she'd hold her end mm-hmm. of the that, of the bracket. You'd have Kaylee Ray as a worker holding her end of the bracket. You do a bit of co- cool stuff with uh, Zoe and uh, you. And then you'd have this great Sammy Jane, Kaylee Ray match. And the reality is, like, I know being given, um, what, 24 hours notice, I think they said, mm. Um, mm. sucks. And uh, we, we all, as Andy Corden made quite clear in his podcast that, that, that he didn't believe that she was injured. Mm. But reality is, is Kaylee Ray had dropped out for a lot of shows in December. So, like, if I'd have been Rev Pro, I'd have been putting in contingencies. And it talks about... You never get like you never get the sense with Rev Pro that they really have a great feel for the women's scene. So it's like the the kind of the the excuse why their women's division collapsed was because they lost Ginny, but they put as the, the person who replaced Ginny as champion was Jamie Hater. Hmm. Jamie Hater's better, yeah, um, and has been doing like really fun stuff in Eve as a character and doing stuff in Stardom as a character. Mm. So, to me, the whole thing just seemed a bit of a mess. What did you make of it live, JP? It felt like a mess. <laughs> um, it really did. Uh, live, there was a massive Kaylee Ray-shaped hole in the in the mm. center of this tournament. As felt, kind of, mm. it really did. Like that was the centerpiece, and it, it makes it even kind of unbelievable that Debbie Keitel wasn't one of the original eight anyway. Because mm. even though she has a way to go, there's something there. And again, in the match with Sammy Jane, that probably was the the best match um, over the weekend. It's it does feel very weak. I mean, at times, like you say, like the amount of talent that wouldn't that wasn't there that would have been on there, like a Jamie Hayter, like a B Priestley, perhaps, um, would have made it just that bit more interesting. Um, at times, I wonder whether or not it would have been worth them trying to team up with a women's promotion and effectively try and bring in certain matches if anything else rather than run a division themselves because it appears to be far too unstable the women's scene in this country in terms of who's going to get signed up and who isn't Mm. i mean we're talking about someone i would have liked to have seen that card someone like alana austin she will she was on nxt uk tonight Mm. and it feels like there are kind of those kind of good solid wrestlers in the ring there isn't as many of them sammy sammy jane is one of the few who who really is around but you take away another two or three who aren't really at that top level yet but you take them away and there's it it felt at points like it was very cold Mm. like in the in the crowd and that first night in particular felt like a very cold crowd that's kind of how it curb across on on vod to me uh don't know about you will it just it did if cold is probably the word for it um do you think that kind of describes the the women's kind of scene in the uk as it is will i mean there's definitely it's definitely uh I don't know. It feels like, like JP says, very fractured. Um, obviously, you get to to Eve shows, and you know, I, I know you're a, you're a fan of their product. Um, what do you make of the women's scene as a whole? Really, is this is this reflective of it, or do you think there's it's just a, a maybe a, a bad version of it that uh, the Rev Pro presented on these two nights? I think the issue the issue you have is is you have Eve that presents the major women's only shows, mm. and today at the Shrimp in Depth. 
But then what you tend to have is either the one match, which doesn't work. And the reason why the, reason why the, the, the one match approach doesn't work, that both Rev Pro and Progress are guilty of on mm. other shows, mm-hmm. is because women's wrestling has its own fan base. Mm. And like when I go to, like, obviously you have you know, people like myself who like both women's wrestling and wrestling. But I think you do have a fan base that is into women's wrestling and doesn't really care about anything else. Mm. And if you only have the one match, you don't. That's, that's not enough to get those people in. So you don't get the atmosphere. So what you get a lot of in the promotions that use women well is the intergender stuff. Mm. So mm. you look at someone like Millie McKenzie or, or in uh, in Fight Club Pro or Kamikaze Pro. You get one like Charlie Evans in Attack. You know that's where you actually get a lot more exposure for the women and obviously session, sessions moth in places like OTT. Mm. So like, I think the women are there. There's, there's quality women still on the scene and you are getting signs that some of the women are leaving WWE. So it looks like Millie McKenzie's left WWE. It looks like Charlie Morgan may have left WWE because there's the new restrictions on talent, mm. but it's whatever Rev Pro know who to go for. And also let's be honest, are Rev Pro willing to spend serious money on their women's division? Mm. So, like, one of the things is, you look at someone like Mika Satomura. Mika Satomura has no WWE contract. She had a short-term one for Mae Young Classic. They could they they could work with Fight Club Pro and OTT have used her, try and, try and get her over for a couple of weeks mm. and use her on a York Hall show. And she'd be a big enough star, but do they actually want to spend the money mm. to bring someone in? Or do, or do they think that's at, it'd, be, it'd be a luxury that they'd rather spend the money elsewhere? And so I think that's the... That's the issue for Rev Pro. It's like, what? How much of a priority is it really? Mm. Well, if I could also say as well, we were all at a tag league and we were all at the Femme Fatale show, which was a solid all women show. And you think of the amount of talent on there who don't also have um, WWE contracts they could have brought in, whether it's a Melanie Gray or a Vesna or a Lufisto. Mm. Like even even trying to kind of branch out for that, um, yeah. It'll involve them spending money and whether or not there is the kind of desire to do that as well as the actual means to do that is, yeah, it, yet to be seen. That's the thing, yeah. And like, like, Will, like you said, Will, I think the the obvious step for me is some kind of partnership. I know they've tried it with Eve before and obviously it didn't work out long term. <laughs> but yeah, maybe that could be an avenue. Maybe, you know, you just touched on WXW there, JP, aligned to the, the the German talent might help. But again, politics with uh, with uh, NXT Germany probably uh, on the mm. horizon too. Yeah, it's a difficult, difficult time to try and essentially start a, a women's division from scratch. But yeah, we'll see how they go. Uh, again, not writing off uh, Shema Jane altogether. Um, but I guess we'll see how they use her on shows going forward. And yeah, if they can avoid... Uh, Use that are in the in the token second match. Uh, that might be a start, but yeah, uh, that's a that's a hard task for it seems any promoter in the UK at the moment. Um, moving on, then uh, the next uh, subject we wanted to look at. Uh, we've got you on the line, Will. So it, it seemed to make sense to me to talk a little bit of Fight Club Pro. Uh, there's a couple of uh, news announcements. Uh, they've announced for their Wrestle House 19 sh- uh, 2019 show. Uh, usually kick off the the year with with a, with a good Wrestle House. There's uh, Will Osprey, Kyle Fletcher. There's Walter and Mark Davis. Uh, they've again. You're kind of the host, Will, of uh, the the first podcast of, of Fight Club Pro, so you're the man to talk to on Fight Club Pro matters. Uh, where'd you see them uh, in 2019? Uh, I think I saw 
I mean, myself, I was very high on them in 2017. Early 2018, I was kind of dubious on some of the booking, um, some of the storytelling that they were doing. Although, you know, later in the year, the Schadenfreude stuff uh, was interesting to me. I caught a few, a bit more of the, the VOD than, than I'd been watching uh, earlier on. Uh, they're attempting to, to carry on with, the, with that momentum going into this year. There's obviously DTTI coming up as well. Uh, two Nights in Wolves, one in Manchester. That's uh, on the 19th, 20th and 21st of April, packing Aita uh, announced, LAX announced, the Lucha Brothers announced. Uh, certainly some uh, interesting announcements there from Fight Club Pro and yeah, hopefully they can uh, maybe uh, stand out a little bit uh, more than maybe uh, they did in uh, in 2018, which felt like a, I don't know, a, a little bit of a, a lull for them after a lot of growth in 2017. Yeah, it's a strange one because I... I preferred their 2018. Like, it started slow, mm. but I thought they had a real natural organic build with the Shodan for the storyline. You had some interesting matches with Mika Satomura. And, you know, they got real crowd heat. Mm. Like, uh, the Satomura Fletcher match was not only was it a great match in terms of the work, but the atmosphere, how much the crowd got into the uh, result was great. Mm. Um, I think the interesting thing you've got. I remember on, on the uh, Fight Club Pro podcast I did, but me and one of the other co-hosts having a discussion about wh- how how long does a shadow for the storyline have to go? And the thing with these kind of invasion faction storylines is you can always take them too far. And to me, it's like, it's been a great storyline. It's been just great. Why were we between Fight Club Pro and Schadenfreude? Where, what's the natural, what's the next step? Mm. And so what's interesting with this is, is the kind of teasing that dissension with Schadenfreude, with Walter, Mark Davis, but what you've got here is, is two big match announcements, which have made, I mean, they were made last week. So that's a good two weeks beforehand, which is longer than they sometimes, uh, which is more notice than they sometimes give for matches. Yeah. But of course, this is the first time you've got No British Strong Style, because mm. they were written out um, last month. And so it's, it, I, I think you, you have to take it as a statement of intent, like, you know, that era Fight Club Pro is over in terms of British Strong Style for the time being. Here are big matches. Mm. sound great seems like like a lot of promotions get they're getting more and more into using social media to kind of push storylines mm. so the whole thing of trying to use, of showing videos or to kind of help hype these matches mm. so yeah so i'm i'm looking forward to it and i think the key thing as well is is one of the great things of fight club pro last year was the kind of the room they gave for carl, carl fletcher to become, to become like a major singles act mm. because Mark Davis getting the opportunities in progress d- due to um, you know, natural uh, selection. Is it natural selection series? Natural progression, progression. series. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Carl Fletcher wasn't really getting many opportunities. Like he had the match against Jay White because Brooks got injured. But Fletcher as a singles has delivered every time. So that Osprey match, that could be something... Mm. Very, very cool because, yeah, he, as a heel, he's amazing. Like, I know somebody who only came to so Fight Club Pro a few months ago, like maybe about six months ago, yeah. and like, we're having to tell him, no, these guys are usually baby, fa- baby faces elsewhere. Like, he <laughs> went to Comic Con Pro show and he was amazed they were baby faces. <laughs> <laughs> such good heels in Fight Club Pro. Like, it's amazing how well they've done. So, mm. yeah, like, I think it's, um, I, it's going to be interesting. 
mm. it's gonna be really weird like i think the idea that the strong style have been written out won't won't will only hit me if we don't get trend doing a promo beforehand <laughs> um you know, yeah. maybe because that's one of the weird ones actually. Because like Fight Club Pro is the only promotion to write Trent out. Mm. Attack and Progress wrote out Pete and Tyler. Mm. So I wonder. And like you know, it looks like Trent's doing the Attack shows in February. So mm. you know, Midnight Rider, Trent as Midnight Rider, two thousand and nineteen. <laughs> I'd be up for that. Oh, that could definitely work. It's Wrestle House as well, so yeah, there's a, obviously that attack tie-in too. Uh, yeah, JP, <laughs> would that would that get you out to the show? Do the do the announcements so far? Temperature, uh, DTTI looks interesting as well. Yeah, I'm I'm much more intrigued, and I have to say that Schadenfreude storyline has kind of reinvigorated the promotion. Um, I've got much more of an interest in kind of going to see them in 2019, whereas for a while, a lot of the shows kind of felt very disjointed and and somewhat haphazard. And it's given it it's given a sort of structure and focus around Fight Club Pro and the storylines that that has been sort of really good. And like you say, you know, seeing Kyle Fletcher uh, work as a heel feels um feels incredibly interesting. I imagine that match against Osprey is going to be tremendous. But yeah, DTTI, I could see myself definitely going to. And I think it's, yeah, it, it's interesting politically because they kind of, again, managed to, to kind of serve a lot of masters somehow um, and whether or not they can do that. But they've also got an eye for just that more, I can imagine them bringing in a lot more people from, say, DDT. I think yeah. have they got have they got Takashita later on this year when he's touring. I could easily see him doing somewhere like a Fight Club Pro. Mm. What do you mean in, in Japan? They announced a working relationship between the two groups. Yeah, I, mm. I I agree. I mean, like it's like they had OWE over back in September, um, which personally makes me a bit more skeptical of of how exciting that is than everybody else. For um, <laughs> AEW, um, it's like no, these are just the guys who lose the young bucks guys. It's not some big buy-in for China. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that that's going to be the big thing for them, isn't it? Lean on those kind of relationships uh, going forward. I think that's going to be what can make them stand out if they're, they're no longer the British Strong Style promotion. And the thing is, like, they really haven't been the British Strong Style promotion this year. Like, the, the, all of 2018, I, I can't, I don't, not including the London shows. I think I can't remember what the lineups for those were. But in terms of the major shows, they only had two British Strong Style trios matches mm. with the three guys. Um, and neither of them were main events. Mm. Um, so they, they really did the emphasize and basically they had mustache mountain as tag champs, yeah. although often they'd have Trent take the month off and Tyler would be doing singles matches, but then you would have the whole Brutamate storyline with Pete Dunne and Millie, which was a, which was a great little storyline. And, it, but they've actually been pushing a shot and Freud, also Jordan Devlin. One of the sad things is, is Jordan Devlin's now a baby pet. Um, which just feels wrong. In my <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. 
but yeah, I think that, again another part of it as well will depend on whether they can continue to use the likes of Jordan. Obviously, him, Travis Banks weren't written out in the way the British strong style were. So you know, if they can keep a hold of those kind of guys, they can keep some of that identity um but also yeah bring in some fresh blood so yeah i would say personally i'm probably uh, a bit more excited based on those announcements and just based on some of the good work they did not near the end of last year on uh on fight club pros uh, potential prospects this year i just really hope we get the world to set a more match i know we're not going to guess it because he's not no WWE doesn't allow their talent to do intergender matches hey they had uh, Tozawa doing intergender with uh, with her on the Japan show yeah but it's the WWE rules isn't it where women can beat up men but Mm. men can't beat up women so they've done a couple of these now where the Mm. WWE guys her partner but mm. they're against non WWE guys. Mm. So that's the way they've been managing it. So like and they, they did it the last two shows. It does some quite creative stuff. So Walter didn't hit her. Mm. Um but that because that would have been electric and been able to deliver that. And yeah. like the Satamore Championship, again, that's one of these ones where kind of it grew and there was grumbling over the summer about her not doing defenses. Mm. But now you look at the exposure they've been getting in Japan, it's incredible definitely yeah for me it would be a real shame if they don't get to do that match um it would be a real big missed opportunity but yeah uh, i think that's again the lay of the land this year um and it does feel unfortunately uh, unlikely that it's going to happen uh, moving on then let's uh before we go we've got a quite a few uh news and notes to uh to get through uh, a little bit quick fire but there's uh, been plenty happening the last cu- couple of weeks in uh, in britra so i'm going to start at the top guys i wanted to talk this one big time itv world of sport uh their tour began uh and strangely i mean there was lots of negativity surrounding the tour they cancelled dates tickets didn't look like they were selling well but based on this first weekend uh, the weekend just gone they were in Southport Newport and and Bournemouth and and the attendances based on the photos that we that uh, surfaced on Twitter the buildings looked full um I know they've got the the heavy NGW uh, connection there NGW are very good at, at filling uh, big buildings with families uh, uh so are the you know the likes of the, the mega slam shows uh, draw a, a broad casual audience uh, I certainly wasn't expecting it uh, that this would happen uh, I thought they were going to be lowly attended shows we wouldn't hear a lot about but yeah I don't know maybe uh, you at first will uh, what do you make of this, and uh, can you pin down a reason as to, again, why they've maybe uh, booked what what many people were expecting about this tour? Did the uh, did the TV have uh, that good an effect? Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, it caught me by surprise. Like I think the only thing you can you can think of is like they are now. Obviously, they have a proper promoter, Martin Goldsmith, kind of running the tour, mm. and maybe they were just working the avenues to get people in and you know this is one of the issues i don't know about you guys there's no world of sport show coming anywhere near wolverhampton so i can't talk about what is the lay Mm. of the land in terms of local advertising but Mm. no if they were pushing it hard maybe that's what got people through but Mm. it caught me by surprise i gotta be honest yeah Yeah, mate it it makes me wonder if they were working on it and again, Will, you'd know you'd know about this as well. Working a lot of the local press and sort of mm-hmm. working local radio, and whether or not it would have been those kind of older ways or of more traditional ways, and not using social media as as the sort of form of of distributing it. But mm. I have to say, I was very surprised by this. Mm. Um, I imagine they were good because, I mean, frankly, compared to the show, mm. um, 
you'd actually got to see some wrestling, which would have been a, a novel product. Yeah, without so, the camera cuts, you get to see Will Ospreay, you know, doing long Will Ospreay matches. Yeah, it does mm-hmm. to me, from the spoiler, it does to me look like a, a show that may be a little bit more enjoyable in the TV, but I wouldn't rule that yeah. out either. I mean, obviously, you know, we've, we've talked at length about the, the ratings. Um, Will, you know, you've written uh, columns for Fighting Spirit magazine about, uh, the, I suppose, the rise and fall of, of world and sport, but... At its peak, it was on telly on Saturday nights on ITV. If you can slap ITV on a poster, uh, maybe yeah. it does still attract people, and maybe do people do uh, still come out for the uh, the TV stars, even if you might want to put a, some quotes around the word stars. Yeah, and also, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what happens in some of the future shows because, like, you can't really say. Particularly, Portsmouth's not star for wrestling. Bournemouth is having more shows this year, but it hasn't got many. But it will be interesting to see some of these events they're taking around the loop, mm. how they do. Um, the other question, of course, you always have to ask is 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 papering? Um, mm. Did they ring up? Because I mean, sometimes we get it with because I work at university. You get mm. you get the email sent round. There are free tickets if you want to go to this show or. This, this concert or this play, you know, you sometimes get that. Um, so it will be interesting to see if it keeps going. But yeah. like with a lot of this stuff, you, we'll see if it's been a success yeah. about whether they want to come back and do another show. Because, yeah. you yeah. know, if, if if they make money off this tour, you've you got to think that maybe ITV will let them have some sort of bad time slots and mm. use it as a loss leader. Yeah, well, they've been doing that, haven't they? We're doing the replays of the, uh, the of the first season in a bad time slot. Somebody in that company somewhere loves this product and wants it to work. But again, really you know, they, they can they can count at least one sellout from the first weekend, and I suppose it'd be interesting going forward uh, whether they continue to do that. They've got dates uh, coming up in London at York Hall, uh, which is a controversial one. The uh, the home of Rev Pro, obviously, they're in the Blackpool Tower Ballroom as well. Um, interesting to to compare what they do to to nxt uk too but yeah this could could be a bit of a sign of life uh, against the grain um the other big news kind of coming out of uh, this first weekend of uh, of live shows is that they changed the women's title uh, that should be expected we talked earlier kaylee ray obviously signing to wwe mm. she lost the the itv world of sport women's title to viper um who also uh, it looks like to be going to wwe who then in turn lost it to, to b Priestley. um i kind of like them uh, doing that on on quote unquote house shows um and you know giving doing some title changes but also correcting things and uh, that also gives me maybe some quiet hope that yeah if they're, they're looking to get the belts on uh, on people they know they're going to be able to use going forward so that maybe maybe there could be a season two in the pipeline well viper also lost her stardom and sba titles in japan mm. um uh this week as well so yeah she's clearing the decks off to nxt definitely uh, moving on, the next news note, uh, PCO was uh, Paul Fry from PCW who was due to be doing their Road to Glory tournament. Um, he got replaced by Jeff Cobb. Uh, the reason given was that his, his ROH contract stopped him from working uh, PCW. Uh, might not be the, the biggest news note. It's a bit strange considering Jeff Cobb's also an ROH contracted wrestler, but I thought it's worth grouping because it's coming at a time where it is quite hard, as we've said a couple of times in this show, to, to book talent because you can't be sure 
they're going to be able to do the data. Ilya Dragunov, um, strong rumours of him signing with WWE slash NXT UK, getting pulled from uh, an upcoming show with Defiance, uh, ruining their TV. They've been building something with Bad Bones and Lucky Kid uh, on their last TV show. They they had him they had him show up and then kind of build into something with Bad Bones, and they they had to put a, a message on the screen essentially saying, "Yeah, Ilya's not going to be back. Sorry." Um, Future Shock also, you know, a friend of WWE having to to pull Ilya. Um, reasons for that haven't entirely come out, but there does seem to be a a bit of a, a trend at the moment. JP, lots of uh, lots of uh, talent booking out for pulling out, for whether it's uh, contract reasons or or other reasons. God help you if you're uh, you're trying to book anybody with a with a sniff of a contract right now. Yeah. This is the fear, isn't it? And especially the impact on smaller independent promotions as well, who are a bit more hand-to-mouth, who might have been relying on a couple of bigger-name stars to be able to get in. And particularly, say, a PCW that, you know, they love an import. Mm. They love, you know, getting someone in like a PCO um, would have been kind of ideal for that. It, It becomes more difficult, and especially sort of with getting American talent in as well, because that's obviously a very fractured situation. And you know, does AEW play into all of all of this at any point as well? Mm. Um, I think we're just going to have to get used to it. Mm. This is going to be the lay of the land. It may well even itself out. And as you find kind of various, you know, it'll be interesting to see if there are some contracts that are formulated in certain certain ways about particular independent promotions who are okay to for them to work with. It, it so it may get better, but I think for 2019, this is just the reality of the situation. Yeah, no, I think, um, I think one of the things, I mean, look, Eli's going to WWE. I mean, I don't know why they don't just announce it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, um, But um, the thing with him is, it's like, it really is not unproven yet where he's a draw in the UK. Mm. So like, I can see why they want him for Germany, but he's, he's only just starting out in the UK in a big way. And like, you know, me and Ben are at, uh, progress wembley mm. where nobody knew who he was mm. like literally yeah. nobody like it was embarrassing uh um, music all progress doesn't help though either no mm. it doesn't um so yeah you'd hope things calm down one thing with both these guys it may just be is that having got contracts they're less inclined to take a lot of smaller indie shows you know mm. pco is old he's gone make sure that he kind yeah. of makes the most of his contract. The whole thing with Dragunov always used to be that he didn't really want to do much traveling because he wanted to be with his family. So it might be a bit like, now we had guys like this for the first wave of WWE UK contracts. So they get the big, they get the big contract and then they actually use that to kind of free more quality time, mm. which is no, I'm not saying that's the wrong thing to do. Like it's a perfectly rational way to approach it, but uh, it will be interesting. But you know, I'm going to I'm going to WrestleGate uh, on Saturday, and they're still advertising uh, Dragunov for their March show. And it's like, guys, mm. uh, if I you'll be working on your backup because he's not going to make it. <laughs> yeah, seems unlikely to me. And yeah, with with Dragunov, yeah, I think I agree with you that he's kind of. And again, I think Wembley was an eye opener for me. I think he. Uh, reports and we're going to talk a little bit about progress's last chapter in a minute progress of chapter 83 i heard a couple of live reports that again people aren't going crazy for him quite at the level that you might expect although i was there live in manchester at the the last progress show there and he he did he did get over strong there so i don't know but yeah there's something about him that's like i don't know maybe he's a bit of an odd character and it does take a little bit to kind of to warm to him 
was going to say, he's not an odd character if you know what German combat sports is like, because mm. he's basically the Klitschko archetype, mm. Eastern European who comes to Germany and settled down and becomes a German family man. Mm. And that's just not something we look for mm. in combat sports in Britain. <laughs> and that's why, you know, the Bobby Guns, Bobby Guns Eli match became such a kind of wall of noise because you had the British and Irish fans mm. starting with Bobby Guns because that's more our idea of a baby face than mm. Eli. I think with yeah, I think with you when you kind of when you're an outsider and you're in Germany or you're an outsider watching WXW on tape, I think you're going to be more forget more forgiven of some of his uh, his quirks and just kind of go ah something's being lost in translation. But in a British product, um, I do you know I've heard a couple of rumblings and complaints. I think everyone agrees he's a fantastic wrestler and that's really probably the main thing that matters in the end. But yeah, I've got I do share a, a little bit of that concern as to how well he fits into any to uk and if he does and it does seem like he's going to land there what kind of reaction he gets when he gets there too you brought this up before in terms of the social media aspect to Ilya Dragunov where it's it's quite it's quite cringy mm. at points and a lot of kind of inspirational quotes and the like which isn't necessarily something i think that's mm. that would work unless it's being done as a as a comedy gimmick what i fear is that we might see with nxt uk that they can get him massively wrong in terms of how he of how he's going to be presented, mm. I, I've just got an image of him doing backstage skits with wild eyes and a massive grin, mm. shouting "Unbezigbar," and I, I can just see them doing it. <laughs> yeah, if CMJ was there to do his uh, his Paul Heyman act, maybe he can get away with it. But yeah, uh, I don't see that happening anytime soon. So no, yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be something to watch. Um, another news note: uh, we mentioned just then briefly. Obviously, progress of the chapter at the weekend will be uh, with Martin back uh, on our next episode. Uh, expect we'll be looking at that in a bit of detail but there was a bit of news that came out of that unfortunately uh, another injury to to kid like us um back from injury again in the main event uh, teaming with chris brooks against paul robertson and will osprey from all the live reports i heard it was a, a fantastic match that was just getting going to its uh, crescendo he took a a clothesline from will osprey took a, a bump over the top and and a relatively straightforward flat black bump on the floor but uh, apparently landed badly uh, injured his shoulder details are a little bit scarce on exactly what the injury is and and how uh, serious it is but yeah um kid like us uh, again in the news for for an injury uh there will it's uh it was a uh, when that came out uh, on Twitter, uh, lots of uh, outpour of uh, of support for him, and just yeah, uh, just a uh, just one of those things again uh, with kid like us. We're we're here uh, reporting on this uh, happening for what the the third time. Yeah, your heart just goes out. I mean, like um, when when he got injured in America, I did like an a article for in the corner talking about like you know, how he's good and he's my stepson's favorite wrestler and stuff like that. And it's just like you just feel so bad for him because like. No, there was a. I, I understand why there were a lot of people close to Lycos getting annoyed at the fans saying, "Change your style, do this, do this," to kind of avoid injury. Mm. But you actually look; he had clearly taken steps trying to avoid this happening again because he had bulked up. Mm. You know, he he looked much much more physically robust when he came back from injury, and so for the injury to happen again, and I think his the the injury guy in America was collarbone. It was just a freak out freak injury from um, a dive going wrong. But I'm, I'm thinking I might in, in believing that his shoulder is like the more long-term injury. Mm. Uh, that was a previous injury he had mm. uh, earlier this year. So 
earlier last year even. So yeah, your heart goes out to him. You hope he gets better soon. Mm. Um, these things happen. Wrestling's a contact sport. It is dangerous. People do, do get injured. Also remember he's relatively young. Like um, you sometimes get this with younger athletes that they go for a spate of injuries, get to know their body, get to know what they can and can't do, grow into themselves. And then they just have long careers. Like you think um, to like Steven Gerrard for Liverpool, People forget it, but when he was younger, he was a constant injury issue. Mm. And then he ended up playing until he was 36. Mm. So It's one of those things, though, isn't it? You, you kind of see it in football and you see it kind of here. Uh, again, you mentioned mm. some, of the, some of the grief that he got. Um, you do get a reputation for it, don't you, when it, when it happens a lot? Um, he's come out and he's saying it's a, you know, it's a freak accident again. Um, but, yeah, when it's the same wrestler, you know, a number of times. And, you know, he's put the weight back on sorry put weight on i mean that can hurt as well as help um yeah. but it's hard you can't really intellectualize what's happened have you it's just it's happened yeah. again and for the wrestler himself uh it, it's shit isn't it jp exactly and, and none of us have had the chance to see it yet so i suppose when we see it we'll mm. we, we might be able to see how it came about mm. and in terms of it being a freak accident it's it's horrible um in the meantime I mean, one of the things I would say about him is obviously between him and Chris Brooks, they've got a great mind for the business. Mm. And hopefully there are a lot of other avenues that he can do while he's in his recuperation. Let's hope he's not out for too long. Mm. Um, that are various things he'll be able to do. I know he did. He was the he was the Schadenfreude ring. Was he the ring announcer? Yeah, yeah he was. And he was really good as well. Exactly. Um, there's things I think in attack he's done before as well in terms of of commentating. I think there's there's always the role for him at ringside. He's great at getting a, a live crowd engaged in it. It's it's a character that that's in you know very very popular. So I'm hoping there's other ways he's going to be used in the meantime. In terms of it being uh, where he goes in terms of his style, I I. I just wonder whether or not, because of his age, is he 21, 22 now at this point? You know, you hope that he is going to fill out into his body and that maybe as a result of that, there are things that he's perhaps going to do um, very differently in the future. But hopefully he'll hopefully be back soon enough. Mm. Uh, another news item that came out of progress was uh, they've announced that for Super Strong Style Weekend, they're going to be, uh, it's going to be a Kaiju hmm. Big Battle show. Uh, that's kind of out of left field. <laughs> Are they sending wrestlers or are they sending costumes? That's kind of my main question. It feels like to me, Will, they're, yeah. going, to be, they're going to be sending some costumes and or some costumes are going to be made outright. Uh, I expect this is going to be a lot of the progress wrestlers doing the uh, the Kaiju Big Battle gimmick. If uh, if no one's seen it, um, yeah, JP, you watched it WrestleMania weekend, didn't you? The uh, They do a show every year and it's kind yep. of wrestlers dressed up as what? Robots and... All kinds of characters. It's like a, like a fight scene in Power Rangers. It's uh, kind of weird and wacky uh, gimmicks that wrestlers get dressed up as. Lizards, dragons, that type of thing. Um, a fun thing to, to add to, to the Super Strong Style Weekend. Absolutely. Um, I have to say, we saw it at WrestleMania Weekend. After watching so much wrestling over it, I was watching it and I was like, there's a fella here with a Brussels sprout on his head. And <laughs> I'm not quite sure what I'm watching at this point it says a lot about the sort of genre of wrestling itself and all the subgenres that come within it and we think of of sort of you know certain subgenres that i personally it's not for me but i'm glad they exist and i think this is one of them it it won't be something that i can imagine myself going to unless i'm very drunk and there's a ticket available but at the same time 
it's going to be a lot of fun for those people who go. It's probably closer to the performance arts end of wrestling, really, isn't it? As much <laughs> as anything else, with all manner of sort of wacky influences from sort of um, anime to um, I don't know. Sort of Godzilla seems to play an enormous part in the whole thing. Yeah, it's mad as hell. Yeah, yeah. Because the thing is, so Ben almost underplayed it because it's not just that they have costumes on; it's that they put building like. <laughs> paper mache buildings in the yes. ring for the wrestlers to fall down on and the thing is like it's quite a clever nod because a lot of those kaiju movies like godzilla and rodan a lot of the guys in the suit were wrestlers and you do mm-hmm. like there's, there's an infamous scene of godzilla doing a drop kick um in one of these movies <laughs> so it does kind of make sense i mean the thing for me is it's like if i go to super strong style and there's a ticket available at the point I know. I will get a ticket because I'm, I'm down in London to watch wrestling. I might as well add more wrestling to the weekend because obviously, you know, that's the way you kind of make the hotel and travel feel more cost effective in your mind. Like, okay, yeah. I'm paying this money for a hotel, but I'm going to see one wrestling show today. I'm going to see two. <laughs> and it, to me, like, it made sense. Like, you have. Uh, I, I suggested something like this in Fighting Spirit Magazine. Like, they've got over a 1,000 people um, in London to watch wrestling over a bank holiday weekend. The Tufnell Dome is relatively near to Alexander, uh, sorry, uh, Alexander Palace, as close as anything's close to Ali <laughs> Palace. <laughs> you might as well have some smaller shows for your real hardcore that just want to keep on watching wrestling. Mm. And I hope this is not the only one, like, yeah. This is the Saturday attack run that venue. It would make sense to do attack. Yeah. I hope I know already there's stuff being announced resistance gallery. I hope Eve do resistance gallery show because mm. they got a lot of people to wrestle queendom from super strong style last year. So yeah. if we're going to have our own WrestleMania weekend in the UK, this is the closest you're going to get because of the, the progress anchor. Yeah, it, it makes sense to me. I think it's like, Again, you partner with other promotions. I think that there's something of a relationship there with Attack, so I could see that happening. I think the safety of partnering with allegedly Kaiju Big Battle is like we say, you can just you can essentially put anybody in those costumes <laughs> and you can use the wrestlers you've got laying around anyway. Uh, but yeah, it's a good addition to the weekend, really. I think I think if I was there, I'd definitely go. Uh, like JP said, WrestleMania weekend. Uh, it wasn't for me watching it on the VOD. It does feel like <laughs> something you need to be there live for with a with a beer in your hands. But yeah, I think it's as it, it's as good as anything as a as a weekend activity to have. So yeah, the, uh, it'd be interesting if they they pad that weekend out anymore. Um, next up then we've uh, OTT have announced uh, for Scrapper Mania uh, that firstly that it's going to be taking place St. Patrick's Day weekend uh, it's their biggest show of the year taking on the biggest <laughs> Irish weekend of the year Martin's going uh, he's decided already I looked at it I can't really see any reasonable hotel that weekend unfortunately in, uh, in the city of Dublin it's just not happening Saturday the 16th of March uh, this show has taken place but the big match looks like it's happening there. The The idea is that Walter's going to be defending against either one of Jordan Devlin or David Starr. They've obviously got their match coming up at homecoming on the 17th of February. Uh, it's the big end, really, to this this great ongoing story that, that OTT have been telling. I know the, uh, the Live in Belfast show, uh, I think, came online today, uh, which had a little bit more development on that. They've been, they put a great uh, hype video on YouTube from Sean Ryan for, for David Starr and Jordan Devlin. 
uh, telling the story of Devlin just desperately wanting to get his his fingers on Star since he uh, since he turned on him. Uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a great story. It seems likely, uh, very likely that that, that Devlin goes over here. And do you, do you think this uh, if it happens, Devlin Walter is this the big blow off? Will is this uh, is this the end of of Walter and OTT? Um, and I suppose another question is, did you expect him to do it this soon, or do you think they might have padded it out a bit longer if maybe there was more guarantees of uh, of maybe dates they might have on Walter going forward? Yeah, I mean, one of the things actually is interesting to note is that pack match was quietly became non-title, mm. which I think is a bit interesting, mm. which I don't remember it being advertised as that. Mm. Uh, That's a homecoming, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, a homecoming, which makes you wonder whether they might have issues with the finish for that one too. Um, but yeah, no, it's a, bit, it's a surprise it's coming so soon. But it makes sense if you want to do your big match over St. Uh, St. Patrick's Day weekend. Mm. Um, I always took the um, controversial, and probably wrong, right? people who know OTT better than I do think it's, say, say I'm wrong, that given that Devlin is WWE UK contracted, you should use the winning the title off Walter to make your next Irish star that you have definite dates on. Mm. Um, but, you know... It's been a great storyline. The first match was incredible. Look forward to seeing the next one. Like you, I, I was actually thinking of going to pack the, the Devlin Star show mm. and then decided against it. And there's no way I can afford to go to Dublin on St. Patrick's Day weekend. <laughs> two weeks after going to Germany. That's the thing. JP, you tempted it all to go back to the homeland. You, uh, you do have oh, an Irish passport. I do. I do. Um, I'd absolutely love to. But the issue is, is well... First of all, I can see this selling out straight away, mm. um, if nothing else. Although I love the fact that they've made two posters for it, one mm. with Star Walter and one with um, Devlin Walter on there as well. Mm. Um, it's I'm hoping what they're going to get is possibly the most electric atmosphere they're going to get. That that National Stadium is a great venue, as a boxing venue as well. It's I mean it's been the site of of kind of I think they've had um, other boxing events over there i think involving like local boxer like bernard dunn from a few years ago i think he fought over st patrick's day weekend there and it creates a great atmosphere because you've just got the space that's set up for a ring that is the size of a wrestling ring Mm. um so it should be absolutely tremendous i think in a way it would have been nice in a perfect world if they'd had actually transitioned to say onto i don't know a scotty davis or an lj cleary and decided to go down that route or even a sean guinness but I think ever since the reaction to Devlin Walter, they had to do the second mm. one. It was almost like it was something that the fans, I don't think they would have necessarily tolerated that hardcore OTT base. Um, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait to see it. Mm. Really can't. Um, Martin's going to have the time of his life. All, although it, um, for all of us, we'll all have come back from 16 carats. So <laughs> it, it, the idea of doing a, a weekend on St. Patrick's Day in Dublin, that seems pretty hard. Yeah, that's a thing. But yeah, they've uh, they've done a great job. I know not just Martin, I know a lot of people who are thinking of travelling over, but yeah, I guess uh, yeah, it's whether, you, whether you, you think it's worth it. But to be honest, they've been telling this incredible story. The world's been watching because they've been putting out a lot of it for free on YouTube. Um, they did actually, you know, I noticed you mentioned Scotty Davis there. They put a, a Scotty Davis-Jordan Devlin match out for free on YouTube this week from their last Live in Belfast 
last show that was really good. I think they are doing a good job of uh, establishing him on the undercard. I believe he had a, a great match with uh, with Speedball Mike Bailey as well on the, the most recent show that got released today. Mm. Um, so yeah, people should definitely check that out. But yeah, the world's been watching this thing, so it won't surprise me if even considering it on uh, St. Patrick's weekend that uh, a lot of people uh, from aboard do head out because yeah, this is really brought OTT to the attention of maybe a lot of people who who wouldn't have uh, followed it previously. Um, one last thing before we go then, uh, Will, uh, having you on here, we want you to mention that uh, the awards issue uh, is out for Fighting Spirit magazine. Uh, as people listening to this, you, you should be able to buy it in uh, in WH Smith and uh, and also to get you'll be able to get it online. But yep, yeah, it's the annual awards issue and yeah, you wanted to make note of uh, some of the relevant uh, BritRes uh, awards that came out of it. Yeah, yeah. So um, before we get into BritRes ones, one of the really interesting ones is, so Fighting Spirit magazine does a strict you have to be British or Irish to be in a British and Irish award. Mm. So uh, Australasian, European wrestlers who kind of are quite commonly featured mm. in the UK and Ireland get shoved into the World Awards. Mm. And Tag Team of the Year, Aussie Open actually managed to beat out both the Young Bucks and Mustache Mountain, which I think is a testament to just what a year they had on the mm. indie scene. When you think of the kind of the platforms, the Young Bucks and Mustache Mountain have, for Aussie Open to beat both teams mm. um, is pretty impressive. Um, um, it just shows you how much we all love them. Mm. Um, and then you also have, in terms of the UK Wrestler of the Year, one, I've got to be honest, I don't get. Like, I love this wrestler. Mm. I think he's great. But he's not done anything this year, which is Pete Dunne. <laughs> it's name yeah. value with him isn't it i think a lot of people will talk about him as one of the greats in, in brit res and he's obviously over to that point and he has those matches that are in people's memory bank but yeah i don't think 2018 is the is the best example for for strong pete Dunstall. because he, he had a dragon off match which was great mm. although the crowd reaction hurt it he had a fun tv match with ricochet mm. Is there another singles match? He had a Satamore match, which a lot of people liked from Fight Club Pro. Mm. Did he have any other major singles matches in 2018? The Devil match was strong on NXT UK TV. Yeah, that's Devil match. Really. Sorry, I forgot that. Yeah, but that again, that's a TV match, isn't it? Um, yeah. yeah, that wouldn't be enough necessarily to be best UK wrestler of the year. Mm. Oh, Aussie Open, I agree on though. I mean, we did obviously the R awards uh, on this very podcast, and we didn't do an official tag team of the year award, but. For me, yeah, Aussie Open are well in the rolling. Uh, that's one that definitely makes sense to me. They, they've had, a, again, they had a breakthrough year in 2017, but 2018 was another level for them. Um, and yeah, interesting that, I suppose, in their case, you know, I think if you're going to say Pete Dunne won the wrestler of the year because of his name value, then yeah, it is. It's even more impressive, isn't it, that they that they beat out British Strong Style? Uh, I, I, so here's one for you. So this is one that these guys don't know in advance. Who do you think got UK and Ireland promotion of the year? Mm, see, my guess would be, well, for me, I'd say OTT, but I would guess just based on the fan base, I'm going to say Progress. I was going to say exactly the same thing. Progress is promotion of the year. I would have said it should be OTT. ICW. What oh. the hell? <laughs> oh, <laughs> what what basically happened? You're taking because... the piss, Will. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> what basically happened? Uh, a Vice Spin magazine uses first past the post. Mm. Oh, 
And so all the British promotions divided amongst themselves. You get you got ODT in third on fifteen percent. <laughs> mm. You've got Progress on second on twenty two percent. But then you got ICW first on twenty three percent because it well, it seems like basically all the Scots just voted for ICW, <laughs> and we in and we in Britain and Ireland, we just voted for lots of different promotions. You've got like thirty percent split between Eve, Rev Pro, Fight Club Pro. PCW Defiance. Mm. So yes, ICW. It's a 2018 Fighters Magazine promotion of the year. Jesus wept. <laughs> that is quite surprising. Um, if you'd have said progress, I would have been taken aback. But because really, on our awards show, we didn't even the word progress didn't really enter any of our mouths. Just because creatively, uh, just speaking for me personally, I don't think they had the best year last year. But you could have made the case for them for me just purely on business. And ICW, there's probably been years where you can make a, a case on business when the Hydro was selling out. But yeah, there's uh, hey, the the ICW fans are very loyal, uh, and it sounds like they uh, they did come out in numbers though. Yeah. Very loyal and a bit blind. I think <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm saying this is a reader's poll. So yes, yeah, yeah, that's true. There's no accounting for taste. <laughs> I mean, but to be fair, like the Fighters for Magazine 50 that was done last month had Pete done at 20 in-ring workers in the, of the year, and I was like, I don't see this one, guys. <laughs> okay. Well, oh, one of those. Oh well. But yeah, that's uh, in stores, isn't it? If- yeah, in stores, uh, in stores tomorrow morning and on Pocket Mag, so pocketmags.com FSM. And you can see other awards, including the Show of the Year, UK Show of the Year, Fighter of the Year, F- Fight of the Year, all sorts of different awards. And also the World Wrestler of the Year as well, which may be a certain person beginning with W. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to be dominating uh, Match of the Years as well, uh, as he did in, in our yeah. awards. Uh, yeah, Walters, I'd expect uh, to see his name all over that. But yeah, looking forward to uh, seeing a copy of it myself tomorrow. Um, yep, just one more thing before we go then, just uh, an unfinally note, uh, trivia note, uh, as far as news goes. I don't know if either of you saw the news on BBC, but Anthony Agogo, uh, the now boxer for a football player is wrestling for WAW. Um, this made the BBC website, would you believe? Uh, WAW uh, making all kinds of headlines at the moment. Uh, Grant Holt's going to be doing the show with them, and it's like it's, it's the second of June at uh, Norwich's Stadium, Carrow Road. Uh, I saw in the in the BBC article they also mentioned they're aiming to beat the four thousand seven hundred fifty that watched Progress at Wembley. Uh, any confidence, guys, that they can do it with uh, with those two big names there? Obviously, Agogo's announced for a show in Lowscroft on the 23rd of February, but I'd imagine it'll be part of that big show. And yeah, can, can Grant Holtz uh, draw more than progress? That's the big question uh, to take us oh. into the show. I don't know if that would be a really damning indictment of British wrestling in 2019. <laughs> if Grant, Hout, Grant Holt is who we need to sell out a stadium. Um, it's a... Oh, that's really. I remember seeing Anthony Agogo uh, uh, took my kids several years back to the O2 for a house show, and he was out there as guest timekeeper. Um, but it was that all he did is slap a few hands on the way down to the ring. And you, he's a big wrestling fan. Did he win the gold medal at the Olympics? Mm, uh, I'm not sure. Was it? Or did he? He might have been. He he medaled at the point. Ah, mm. uh, uh, put him on that. What the hell? Why not? They're not, neither of them are contracted to WWE, so at least you know you're safe to use them. <laughs> How about you, Will? Over or under 5,000? <laughs> I don't know. Well, the thing I'm going to go think... 5,000. Why not? It's Norwich. It's a weird place. So. The Grand Holt match needs the biggest star in British wrestling or wrestling. Because you're, you're talking in Diamond and Diamond to Brit Rez, uh, JP. Yes. 2018, 
a year where WWE UK launched their online show, where we had World of Sport 9 TV, Rev Pro on Free Sports, <laughs> the guy who drew the biggest <laughs> audience <laughs> to a wrestling match on British TV was Ed Balls, for, former politician. Yeah. <laughs> who had a match. It was tour in America. And it was shown on BBC Two. <laughs> now, is he now obviously is he a season ticket holder at Norwich as well? Yes, and he used to be on their board. So like Grant Holt, Ed Bulls, it's the dream match we've all been waiting for. The okay. only thing there's two things it needs at this point. Obviously, Delia Smith, it needs to get in there. And obviously Alan Partridge. If in go. any way, <laughs> shape or form they can get Alan Partridge in, if they can get just go to Coog and go, please, you can just really say whatever you want, but have some sort of I don't know sort of mock advert they could put out there <laughs> they could do 5,000 they might even talk me into there and that would be just the most ridiculous thing in the world but I have to say my interest is peaked <laughs> yeah. loaded up with all the stars that's the uh, that's the way forward yeah. Uh, yeah I guess we'll see but yeah it might be a if they if they do get the the highest attendance this year for a Brit Red show yeah I don't know what that says about the wider scene but hey it could happen <laughs> It's just one of the many things where I just think the Europeans are are, are doing well to be shot off us, to be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's it. The UK summed up. Brexit summed up. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, in the meantime, uh, follow me on Twitter at BensonRichardE. Follow JP at JPJP with three E's. Follow Will at WillCooling on Twitter. And head to the post forums. Give your feedback on this show and others. And we'll be back in two weeks with Martin for more of the latest and greatest in British wrestling news and shows. Thanks again. We'll see you again soon.